Hey guys, welcome back to JL's podcast. I'm your host, JL, and, um, you know, welcome. Thanks for tuning back in. For those of you guys who are tuning back in and returning, thanks for lending your ear um, to this podcast. Thank you as well. If you're new, thanks for tuning in. We hope um, that today's episode blesses you somehow. It helps you to grow and helps you to start conversations and think about stuff that... um, perhaps you don't think about so often so i want to encourage you if you haven't yet subscribe if you haven't yet leave a review and if you haven't yet share this with somebody who you think it might help and now without further ado let's jump straight into the podcast hey so i want to talk to you this week a little bit about um bringing k bringing chaos into order and um hopefully we get somewhere really cool with this so um if you want headings whatever things like that um going linearly from sandpits to chaos to order to purpose and i'll be reading from a story of an interaction that jesus has in luke chapter 8 and you might be familiar with this story um and so i want to just Draw, a, draw out a couple of things that have sort of helped me in my thinking, helped me a little bit in um, processing through certain things. And so Luke chapter 8 and on verse 41. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, somebody deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus heard what had happened. When Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But Jesus said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. At that moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. 
Now, if you've um, if you know if you've lived for long enough on this earth here, you're aware that life can be messy. Not everybody gets the the greatest start in life, and um, if you know anyone who's anyone, anybody who's lived with a little bit of experience, um, there isn't a, a single person who who um, well, there are a lot of exceptions to the rule of. You know, not everybody has a great childhood. I'm sure there are things that we bring to our childhood. So um, let's start with with sandpits. Um, and and for me, sandpits represent really the timeline of our lives. And when you think about a, a sandpit or a playground, a lot of kids play in it. A lot of people walk in it. Um, I don't know. You you <laughs> you know you pick. You pick what you wanna what you wanna think about, but imagine the number of kids that maybe are sick and you know they've been on the swings and and then you've come afterwards and nobody's wiped the swing handles. I don't mean to gross you out, but life can be a little bit like that, like that sunpit that is a collection of different people interacting with it, and we're a little bit like that. That's how sometimes our timeline comes about is that we're the summation we're the we're the sum of multiple interactions multiple relationships coming into contact with us and then we get to this place where we are who we are and i don't know what that means for you but um if that's not a great childhood if you haven't had a great maybe even 12 months six months three months not even a great week um, or anything like that even not such a great past couple of days it can feel a little bit like chaos it can feel a little bit like things are out of control so what does chaos look like for you for Jairus here it looked like his daughter falling so ill she was on the brink of death and and I don't know if he expected that. I don't know if he had any sort of um, pre-warning, but it just so happened that this was his situation. And sometimes our days can go from great to bad or average to really, really bad in moments. It only takes moments. And, and I wonder, you know, maybe if you've had a day like that before, um, I know I've had quite a quite a few days like that that have been threatened. There, there was a threat of chaos entering my day. One bad situation, uh, maybe one bad phone call, one bad text message, and um, the head starts being chaos starts to um, chaos starts to threaten to to steal peace. It starts to threaten to steal. Um, to steal from us um, our joy and so for Jairus that's what it meant and um, his solution was to go to the healer his solution was to go to where he knew he would not only uh, it, it not just get results but see something happen that was perhaps beyond what earthly physicians would be able to give beyond what um, a doctor would give beyond what a counselor would give beyond what a um, you know i don't know maybe a panadol or a little bit of medication would do and um, he went straight to jesus he he was desperate he asked for help and when you think about his position he's he's you know a leader of a synagogue so he's the equivalent of a 
you know, somebody who looks after a community. He's a pillar of the community. And, um, you know, no matter where we're at in life, no matter where we find ourselves in life, there usually are things that are outside of our control. doesn't matter what kind of, how much money we've got, how much status we've got, how much influence we've got. There are usually always things that are outside of our control. And for those things, whether big or small, no matter how much pressure they place on us, where will we go to first? Where do we go to first? It's a lot easier to go to things that, you know, maybe aren't, um, are going to be great in the temporary, but not in, um, in the long term. So what are those things for you that you know they're beyond physician help, etc.? And so he was facing chaos. Jairus was facing chaos. Even coming home to his own house, he was facing chaos. Um, it, it not only on the way, it, it actually went from bad to worse, if you think about it, because he then gets a messenger of your a message coming to him saying, your daughter was sick, but now she's dead. And so in the meantime of him, in, in, in the... In the tension and the space of him going to Jesus to get help, the situation worsened. And um, I don't know what creates chaos in lo- in your life or what has created chaos in your life. Um, and there's this weird saying that goes around that usually things go get worse before they get better. Hey, I don't know if that's true for everything, but for him, he was experiencing that. And um, so we get to this place then where... You, you, you know, the, where Jesus and Jairus and, and his disciples come in and there are mourners there, people who are crying a death. And sometimes, you know, when you look at this situation and, you know, the people, are here, you know, the people in the Bible and in this story, they don't really know what's going to happen. They don't know what the next steps are. And so they're doing the logical thing to do, which is when something has gone wrong, you mourn your losses. That's what you do. You count your losses, you accept what's happened, you position yourself in a way where you start to make room, I suppose, in in your mind and in your heart about what's happened, and you start to make room to accept the new reality. And I don't know how significant these things might be for some of us, but we start to make room for these realities. Um, And perhaps we we, we do the making the room for these new realities for others, like we'll start to explain some situations away and, you know, appreciate the reality of the situation, but also try to automatically try to move on, automatically try to move forward, and we try to excuse away the weight, or we try to explain away the severity of the situation. And I mean, I don't know what that looks like for your context, but these guys were ready. They were ready to move on. They were ready to accept this new reality. And um, if you've ever faced a tough situation, maybe you are now, maybe you will in the future. Um, I suppose this is an encouraging story for me because when I, I face these kinds of situation or if I do come across this kind of situation, I have this story to predict my behavior. 
I have this story to predict what my response is going to be to loss, what my response is going to be to challenge, what my response is going to be to unforeseen circumstances and situations, stuff that is completely out of my control coming in and hijacking or threatening to hijack my peace and my um, and hijacking and pushing me out of my comfort zone. It helps me to be able to to see what's going to happen. Yes, that's going to be my disposition. I'm going to want to try and accept this new reality and face the fact that things are going to be outside of my control. And this is significant. For Jairus, this is his daughter. She's 12 years old in another translation of the Bible, in another part of another. Uh, Mark, when he writes, he, he, he gives a little bit more detail in that she was 12 years old and she does. No father should ever, um, should ever bury their children before, um, before them. Like that, that's just unimaginable. So the level of desperation is already quite high when it comes to Jesus. And I wonder how much more um, that turned into hopelessness when death faced uh, when death was what, was what he was facing. And so moving on into the story here, I will move on to the order. So Jesus does something quite interesting, and there's a little bit more detail in the, in the Mark version of this story. You can look it up in your, in your time. But Jesus actually starts to remove the, the people who are mourning. So not only does he challenge their outlook and their work and their view and their understanding and conclusion of the situation in saying she's asleep she will be healed but he also proceeds in um, and, and he moves forward in removing every single one of the people that are not conducive that are um, are not conducive towards a healthy or a positive or a um, an, an, an outcome or an ideology that is actually going to be different from what they see and so um, one of the one of the way that ways that I think about this story and the people involved in these voices that laughed at Jesus as he said to them she's only asleep is um, the voices of doubt or the the types of self sabotaging voices that often can come and try to hijack what do we do now like what are our next steps is a challenge what are we going to do about it and so i don't know what that voice is for you maybe it's the voice that when you're facing up to a challenge something comes out of the blue you don't know what to do it just seems like everything's going to get thrown out of control maybe the first thing we do sometimes is make sure we control stuff or maybe we can see this challenge coming from a mile away and we just retreat back into a place where we only have around us the stuff that we can control and we're like nope gonna avoid that challenge not gonna go anywhere that it doesn't exist maybe put uh, put our heads in the sand kind of thing and that's the that can create doubt and we can try and make sure that we only have things in our lives that we're certain about one thing about life is that it's unpredictable there are lots of uncertainties um, maybe for you it might be that 
in most situations and circumstances, this sort of self-sabotaging thing for you is that you actually pretend, you know, to be somebody that you're not. And so you, you know, you're going through life and situations and in an effort to protect yourself, you pretend to be somebody else because if somebody or people knew and saw the real you, you'd be vulnerable and that's not a great place to be. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's that and uh, it might be a number of other things. So what are those doubtful voices? Or maybe uh, for you, it's the voices that we've carried through from the sand pits of our lives and our timelines that says you will never amount up to anything or maybe you you don't have a future, you're no good, um, those kind of voices which can we can wrap ourselves around sometimes and allow to to again be the filter through which we see um, what's happening around us. And so if you faced chaos or you're facing chaos or you're facing some some challenge at the moment I, th I suppose the, the the encouragement that I draw from this story is that there is a different perspective and in order to bring order to our world in order to bring order to maybe our thought world our hearts our our lives part of the process that needs to happen is like Jesus did start to remove the voices into it removes the voices of doubt, the voices that try to, um, although they, they, they pass off as they're trying to protect us, the, the, the behaviors that we use to try and protect ourselves or we use to try to insulate ourselves that are really self-sabotaging is to remove those from the equations, remove them from the conversation and the narrative. So which one is it for you? Because Jesus had to do that intentionally he had to remove those those people from 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 the from the room within which the miracle was going to happen you know one of the things that we've um we've got to be aware of as well is that in order for us to move to where god has called us to be in order to become all that God has called us to be there are some voices that will need to be left behind it, it's the it's the classic Israel in the desert sort of scenario where God has this 11-day journey planned for them. However, it ends up over, you know, over circumstances, it, it actually ends up becoming a 40-year journey. And there are some mindsets and there are some ways of thinking, filters, voices, self... Um, self... Uh, <laughs> Um, self sort of defense mechanisms that we have employed that will keep us back from being able to see to take hold and to step forward into the, um, a, the different perspective that God has for us to see the situations that we're facing and so what it looks like is removing some of the voices that are present in the room before the miracle happened. The voices that are going to create unbelief, the voices that are going to say, no, um, this is not the right path, the voices that are going to continue to, to hold us into that place where we say we're going to count our losses and, you know, this is now the new reality. And um, I suppose when, we, when that happens, it creates room. It creates space. Our plate 
and and this and this um, arena in our hearts and in our minds can then have the perspective of God to come and change, to come and I suppose bring um, new life, bring in um, freshness, something that we haven't seen before. Um, we, you know, Jesus only allowed a couple of his disciples and Jairus and his wife into the room where the lady, the 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 girl gets healed, and, and as we remove the voices that are keeping us from past, keeping us from our future, what voices will we allow in the arena of our hearts? Are they those people that are going to encourage us, that are going to keep believing with us, that are going to say, hey, maybe it's time to move on to this next step? What are those voices of um, of God that are around us that are going to bring that different perspective that we need in order to move forward. And so um, on, a, on a really practical level, I suppose then that, that means that the stuff that we can control, what, what are the stuff that we can control that we can change so that there is order being created in our lives is it perhaps that there is a new routine or a routine that's going to help us to regulate sometimes the body as well needs a little bit of a reason to wake up a reason to regulate itself um, uh, this is advice that I got from listening to a psychologist with a couple of decades worth of uh, a couple of decades worth of experience and talking to people about this and so um, feel free to um, ask me that I can give you the link for that but it's just that sense of um, if you have something that gives you reason to get up um, continue to engage with that it creates a type of order if you haven't yet <laughs> if you haven't yet maybe create a schedule and you sit down create a schedule look at the stuff that um, that you need to make sure you, you have some kind of activity happening during the week. Another uh, piece of advice I, say, I would say with this in, in trying to bring order is creating space for healthy community. The reason is, is because like Jairus, he, he, he with the help of Jesus, had to be intentional about the community that he would allow to speak into the space in the arena of of his life at this specific and such a crucial point in his life and maybe you know you're you're tired maybe you're you've gone through a rough week months <laughs> years decades um it's really important to just getting some wisdom from this story is to just with jesus be really intentional about the community that um, and that will lend its voice to our story and to our narrative and and to our now because that's going to be such an incredibly important contributing factor to our future that if if we're if we're in the ditch if we're in the dumps it's really important to listen to the voices that are not only just going to empathize and sympathize with us but are going to lend a hand in helping us move forward according to God's will. Um, and 
The last but not least, if I can just remember this one, is goals. Um, having goals. Goals create purpose. And if, if you feel like you're not going anywhere in your life at the moment or, you know, stuff is just so out of control, you don't even... You, you can't even think about goals or the future, or maybe in a place where you just need to like, whoa, hands off everything. Um, what's really good with goals is that we can create confidence and momentum, um, momentum in our confidence to achieve goals and to achieve bigger things if we, if we change the stuff that we can control, the small stuff really. Um, making a bed in the morning or um, you know achieving small little tasks it creates a confidence that builds up that boosts um, you know that boosts the momentum of confidence we'll get in attacking big things so a little bit of practical advice there and um, you know this story is really to me um, an incredible encouragement because it's not just this time that there was a there was that sense of being really intentional about the voices that we allow into into the narratives and the stories um, and and the way that our lives are going but even a couple of the um, a couple of the Old Testament prophets do the exact same thing um, in either themselves or advising people to go into their closet and close the door and pray. And so, yeah, just want to bless you with that. Hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful for you. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any more thoughts on the subject, any more uh, maybe testimonies as well that you would like to have shared on this podcast i would love to get a written one and encourage other people with that on maybe how you found the importance of being so selective and intentional about voices that speak into you at a moment where you're at your most vulnerable where something incredibly hard has happened i'd love to read those out and encourage other people with them and and um and just to you know maybe connect connect with with you as well from on on my side um and so i would encourage you to send those in again my email will be in my profile or you can connect to me with me through my social media profiles and um yeah i hope you got blessed by that so um until next time this is jl signing out Hey, massive thanks again for tuning into this episode of the podcast. We hope you got blessed by it and you found a lot, you know, a lot of help and hopefully a little bit of encouragement to see things from a different perspective. Thanks for tuning back in if you're returning. Thanks for tuning in if you're new. Um, means a lot from means a lot that you're um, lending your ear. So my hope is that you got blessed by that. And like I said before, please um, send in emails, questions, um, if you have any, and testimonials as well. Um, 
We'd love to read those out and to also connect with your story as you're listening to this. Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to leave a review and share this with somebody who you think it might benefit to help. And um, we'll see you next Tuesday in the next podcast. God bless.